Hey everyone, it's another week of Sons of Ditches, and uh, this week uh, we've got an amazing story. Um, admittedly, I'm flabbergasted with uh, our next guest story. Charlene Madden is uh, has admittedly spent most of her life uh, living in a state of darkness. After experiencing over nine years of sexualized trauma at the hands of her grandfather, a decade of domestic violence, and three decades of mental illness and suicidal ideology, she was just two days away from taking her own life when she attended a woman's workshop where everything changed. Charlene, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man, that is... uh, I read that in the first place, and and what an entrance! Um, so much to unpack there, uh, but I know it sounds pretty heavy, eh? <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, oh. You're you're talking about one of the the biggest unknowns, or uh, what people don't understand in this world is that uh, abuse of this nature as a, as on children is rampant in the world. Mm. Yeah. And so. So thank you for speaking about it. I think it's very brave. And uh, so now did, did you ever, how old were you when it stopped? How about that? When it started, when it stopped? Um, I was about three and a half when I went to live with my grandparents and um, everything came out when I was 12 and a half. Just oh my gosh. So did he go to jail? Uh, he spent, I believe about three, maybe four months in jail. Mm. Yeah. He got a pretty, pretty lenient sentence, um, you know, because of course of his age. So they didn't want it to be a, a a life sentence for him, even though it was a life sentence for me, but absolutely. But, uh, yeah. That's, and that seems to be what happens. There's not enough uh, sentencing and, you know, it's, I, there's not enough consequences for, for this sort of thing. And it's just sickening. Yeah. Uh, I'm certain that wasn't enough for you either. Uh, yeah. I mean, at the time, um, you know, I was just a kid, so it was pretty confusing time for me not, uh, you know, not knowing what to, uh, not knowing what to expect. And then knowing that even after he got out of jail, he was still in the community. So there was that constant fear, you know, that, you know, he had a, he had a canary yellow um, van. I was, you know, I was going to say pedal van. It's the, you know, (laughs) it is the pure definition of that. So it was like, you couldn't miss that van anywhere. So every time you'd see it, you'd get that panic. So so it, yeah. you were removed from the family or was he removed from the family? How did that? He work? was removed from the family. Yeah. Good. As soon as it came out, my grandparents ended up divorcing as soon as everything came out. And good. Yeah. Good. So, that, so you did have some adults that stood by your side, your grandma, obviously. Uh, and she then, did. Yeah. She stood by my side, but um, I think she just kind of wanted it to disappear as well. Right. Yeah. Like there, she, you know, there was a lot of that could have been done for follow-up care that really wasn't uh, wasn't done. And my grandma was old school, right? So it's like you know, in her mind, stuff happens. You just move on and and get on with life. And you know, 
that's maybe not the best coping mechanism sometimes. So, well, definitely not. And at least yeah. you scarred as you know, you grow into your adulthood, you you're scarred from this childhood. And I imagine that's where you were at. You were uh, definitely hurt and, and scarred. And so then you go in and get into yet another relationship that's abusive. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and that was, how long did that relationship last? That relationship was over 13 years. And this was my, mm-hmm. my second um, relationship because I had actually uh, married my high school sweetheart and had had three amazing kids with him. But um, I would say my mental illness got the best of that marriage and the marriage deteriorated. And I'd only been separated for about a month when I jumped into another relationship. So, and that was the, the one that ended up being uh, toxic, but you know, like attracts, like I always say that because we were both two completely broken people that just gravitated towards each other. So that's, so. that is so true. And, and I'm sorry you had to go through that. That's, uh, but I guess it's where, how you got here now, when you were in your first relationship, um, it was there, is there some sort of sexual dysfunction because of your illness towards it? Meaning, did you not like to have sex or any of that? Um, no, I wouldn't say. And it's, you know, it's funny because um, once I moved, because I'm once I finished high school, I moved away because I thought geographically, if I just ran away from my problems, everything would be solved. Mm-hmm. And uh, I moved to a city and was trying to find a career. I'd gone to take a, a secretarial course because I thought that's what I wanted to do with my life and got out of school, couldn't get a job. So it was like, I had to try to come up with some form of income because I had to pay my school loans. And um, my husband uh, wasn't necessarily the most reliable breadwinner. Um, I'll put that politely. (laughs) So I actually ended up um, a friend of his said, Hey, I am a dancer, an exotic dancer. It's a great way to make money. And I was like, hmm, okay, sure, let's go do that. Because to me, I think it validated that that's how I felt what my value was to people was, you know, was that was my body. So it, uh, as far as the, the sexual nature of the relationship, there weren't any struggles with that, but I did have that feeling of that's how I got my worth at that time was through that. So. And that makes sense because that's how you got your worth as a child. So mm-hmm. totally makes sense. I, I was married to somebody who was uh, abused and she was the opposite. She couldn't be touched at times, mm-hmm. and, you know, and it, it was a little, it was difficult um, to manage. So I wondered about that. Uh, I suppose it's all over the map. Now, did you go to counseling before adulthood or it was after this? No. So no, you- there was no, there was no follow-up. I mean, when the abuse came out, uh, I remember sitting in a social worker's office and having her, you know, come around the desk and pat me on the back, you know, and I'm 12 and a half. And she's like, I just want, you to know, everything's going to be okay. And I'm looking at her like, I don't know what okay is. I mean, yeah. I've, lost, I've lost my parents basically, you know, like both mm-hmm. of my parents abandoned me and, and, you know, and I found out after the abuse and everything came out that my mom had, in fact, also been um, raped and molested by my grandfather. Right. Oh. So it was this whole generational thing. And here I am. I'm angry because, you know, 
this, you know, people knew this was going on, but yet they let us go live there. You know, yeah. to me, it was like serving us up. Right. So I was, I was hurt. I was angry and I didn't know what okay was. Yeah. So, but as far as counseling, there was never, uh, never any counseling at all. So, right. Yeah. That's, and like you said, your grandma was old school, but, uh, you know, it, I, it just seems to pass, I guess nowadays it's a lot different. Um, yeah. Cause we're talking that we're talking like the eight, like, you know, this was the eighties. Right. Yeah. So it was, you know, people didn't, it definitely was not talked about like it is now. So, which to me was just yesterday, but you know, exactly. Right. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shoot. Well, so then you find yourself uh, in a woman's while well, you're suicidal. Mm-hmm. You, now it says two days uh, before, you know, what is the two days? What's, what makes that significant? Well, to kind of, to kind of go back a little bit. So the relationship that I'd been in that had been violent, um, it was 2015 when he came home and said, Hey, by the way, I'm leaving you. I'm moving in with someone else. And adultery had been a part of our relationship as well as the abuse and and all of that. So I was kind of devastated. Of course, I felt abandoned once again by someone who was supposed to love me. And um, I thought, okay, now's my chance to try to pull it all together because I'd already had, you know, a suicide attempt. And um, I thought, okay, I'm going to get my stuff together and, and two and a half months after he left, um, I had a police officer come into my place of work. And this had been a gentleman who had been involved in one of our domestic disputes. And he asked me to step outside and and he told me that he had just come on shift and, and saw a notice on the board that my ex-partner had committed suicide. Oh, my God. So it was, um, yeah, it was just kind of the whole, my whole world kind of just kind of collapsed in on me at that point. Mm-hmm. And uh and I always said, you know, when I talk about the story, you know, two weeks after it, you know, I'm sitting with a good friend of mine and I'm talking about how angry I am. And, you know, people are always like, oh, it's okay. It's one of the stages of grief. And I was like, no, I'm not angry. He took his own life. I'm, I'm pissed that he did it first. Right. Because now I'm left to see the results of that decision. Um, so I, tried, I started going to a psychiatrist and, you know, tried to, to try to pull it all together, but, um, it just was slowly just collapsing in on me. And, and I made a decision. I purchased a house with life insurance money that I had received from his passing. And uh, I took possession of the house in September and then set a date a month later, I was going to take my life. I was going to go to the same place he did. I had my gun, had everything lined up. So about a week before um, I had the date set, a good friend of mine that I worked with said, Hey, I'm going to this women's workshop. Do you want to come with me? And I was like, no, like, that's the last thing I want to do right now. Right. And she's like, please, I don't want to go by myself. And I'm like, Oh, there's my soft spot. Right. Is like looking after everybody else is always my priority. And I was like, okay, I'll go. So I went in there just thinking, you know, I walked in on a Saturday morning, I've got my hunting rifle in the back seat of my car, and I've just got to get through two days. And I, you know, spent the first half of the day listening to people that did not resonate with me whatsoever. <laughs> and then the second half of the workshop, there was three speakers in a row that just kind of hit every area of my life that I was struggling with. And they were so raw, so authentic and honest 
that it just completely resonated with me. And every speaker, I was like, you know, hey, what about you? I could hear this voice in the back of my head. And I was like, you know, and I got to that last speaker and it's like, wait a minute, this is, I'm not here by accident. You know, like I didn't want to come to this event, but here I am. And I've just heard three speakers who have impacted my life completely. And it was like, I made a decision that day. It's like, no, you know, there's, there's more, everything I've gone through has been leading up to this point. Right. We can make a decision right now, what we're going to do with what's happened. Mm -hmm. And then we can, we can go for it. And that's kind of what I did. I was like, all right, let's go. (laughs) Let's make the best of this. So, yeah. Yeah. And so you had that ass kicking moment that, uh, that changed the rest of your life. And, and are these just strangers at this point? I mean, they're just speakers on the stage, right? Yeah. Never, never seen them before. Yeah. Wow. All right. Have you seen them since? Have you talked? Absolutely. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Ooh, that gives me goosebumps. So yeah. you, you tell them that they're responsible for. They know. Alive. Yeah. The, <laughs> the actual first speaker that, um, that I saw that afternoon when I hosted my first live event, I had her come and be a speaker at that event. Oh, cool. So, and I wanted to make sure that she knew the impact that she had, that she had saved my life. So, wow. That's- yeah. I bet she was really uh, flabbergasted or, or, you know, that's, that's what, that was her purpose as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so now that's what you do. You help others, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And so exactly what is uh, your title? You're, you're a life coach. Is that correct? Yeah. I, I title myself a women's empowerment coach. You know, I like to work with women who are, Um, You know, when, when I say, who do I, who do I want to get a message to? And I'm like, I want to get a message to the person that I was five years ago, you know, because that's the person that I can relate to. Um, I can relate to the woman that's struggling to feel that she's got any worth that doesn't love herself that, you know, that has no goals and feels that she doesn't have a purpose in life. That's the person I can relate to. And I can say, Hey, you know, I was where you are. I know exactly how you feel because that's the one thing when I was going to uh, the psychiatrist, I mean, I remember asking her, um, how did, how did you deal with it? Cause I mean, knowing my, my past, I knew why I was screwed up. Like I knew why I was struggling. Right. I just needed someone to say, okay, here's what you need to do. You need to do this, this, and this, right. Cause that's right. how my brain processes it. <laughs> and I asked her, I was like, so how did you deal with your mental illness? And I remember she got this glazed look on her face and she was like, well, I've never struggled myself with mental illness. And I'm thinking, then uh, how can you even relate? Like, how exactly. can you tell me how to get better? Be- like, because you read it on a page in a book, right? right? Yeah. Like I felt so disconnected. So I'm like, to be able to talk to someone and say, Hey, I do understand how you feel. And this is how I got from here to here. It's right. you can relate to people that way. Oh yeah. It gives you so much credibility and, uh, your, your purpose is to connect with them. At that point, once they have somebody to connect with, just like you, anything else can come out of your mouth and it would, uh, soothe them Uh Uh, Uh just to have somebody understand them where they've been and what they're going through. Uh, now are, are any, are these all past or, or in other words, survivors that you work with or, uh, what are the varying, it, I work with women who have gone through, like, I just say, I, I work with women who are struggling. Okay. So that can be, however, whatever struggles they're going through. So it can be um, learning how to release some of the, 
the um, past traumas um, that they've experienced. I mean, I'm not a licensed therapist. I tell people that all the time. And it's like, if you are, you know, if I think you're suffering from something intense, I will connect you with, you know, mental health services. Um, but, you know, it's for the women who want to um, just step out of where they are. You know, they know they want more. They feel they're not living their true potential and their true purpose, because that's what changed for me was that moment that number one, I, I started to love myself. That was the, the number one key. And then I found my purpose. And it's like, cause once you find that purpose, it lights a fire within you and you're like, let's go. We got stuff to do. So. Yeah. Or cause you love, you love what you're doing. You've you mm-hmm. know, you're headed down the right track. So your children, how, what were their lives like before and after mom goes through mm-hmm. this? Their lives sucked. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, I, if I have the one where, you know, like I never regret anything I did to my, myself, but mm. you know, I wasn't a good mom. I was extremely disconnected um, because I was so caught up in my own survival. Like at that, like I was just trying to survive. I was drinking heavily. I was a really severe alcoholic. Mm. Um, so I wasn't, um, I wasn't present in their lives. And, um, you know, and, and unfortunately, you know, my daughters have kind of struggled and, you know, the hardest part for me was when they're, um, when my ex committed suicide, he had raised my kids for 13 years because their own dad was not present in their life. So, you know, when they lost this father figure, I was so wrapped up in my own grief that I didn't take time to consider what they were experiencing. And of course they were going through their own, you know, struggles emotionally. So, um, you know, and and I've talked about that. And of course my daughters uh, both suffer from mental illness struggles. And I mean, I don't make light of it, but I always say it gallops in our family and um, but being able to, to relate because my kids are all grown now, but being able to relate and have, adult conversations, um, it makes it a little easier because, you know, I can't get back what, what I lost, but I can move forward and nurture that relationship now. So absolutely. And that, you know, that's the amends part, right? You just, we're not going to do that anymore. You're healed. And I'm sure they are absolutely loving the fact that you're, you know, on a healthier path. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had my daughter come on. I had my, uh, workshop in November and I had my daughter come on on Sunday and do the Sunday morning and do a meditation first thing in the morning. And, and, uh, and then she had to get off to go to work and she messaged me later in the afternoon. And she's like, I just want to say how proud I am of you. And I was like, that's it right there. That's what every parent wants to hear. You know, it's like awesome. So, so I am an alcoholic drug addict. I was, I, I, I personally don't believe you have to be something for the rest of your life. So mm-hmm. uh, I've overcome alcoholism and addiction. However, uh, it ruined much of my life and made me a very selfish person because all I cared about was my next high, what I was feeling that day. And I was extremely emotional. Uh, and it, it, luckily for me, the kids didn't see much of that. They were all very young when I got sober and, um, and and that thank you for being there, but thank you for being a parent. It it makes everything worth it. The struggle, the the right choices. So basically, you stopped the cycle from becoming a cycle. Now, 
does that mean that your children, they, you said they had some struggles themselves, but are they all back on in finding their purpose and you've helped them? Uh, yeah. I mean, my, my oldest daughter is, um, she is, uh, uh, licensed practical nurse and she's wow. actually working on doing her uh, psychiatric nursing is what she's looking at going into my other okay. daughter's in university in Calgary, Alberta, and she's looking at going into women's studies and doing some kind of work with, with women and, and helping them out. So, and my Amazing. son, he's just plugging away, <laughs> he's living, living life, making money. So yeah. That's a, I love that. That's great. Um, I'm not one of those that thinks you have to go to university or, or college. Yeah, me either. <laughs> uh, uh, it takes all types and we need all kinds. So, Absolutely. Uh, it's so wonderful. They've turned out to be great. It didn't damage them for life. And I mean, that's the best we can ask for, really. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Good for you. Good for you. And so what's the future look like for you, Charlene? Where Where, where do you head from here? I just, you know, I keep trying to impact people's lives, you know, like I, um, the year after I went to the workshop that saved my life, I had approached the, uh, the event coordinator after the event and said, I would really like to come back and speak next year. I said, because I know the impact this event had for me. So I was able to go back the next year, speak on the stage, um, mm-hmm. because I, I want to let people know the power of stories and that we can share our stories and we can be vulnerable and it heals us, but it can also heal other people. Sure. And before I, I got off the stage, I had said, you know, like my purpose for being here and sharing my story is if I could just save one life, yeah. you know, through all the, everything I've gone through would be worth it if I can save a life. And I got off that stage and was getting ready to walk out of the room and a woman approached me and she said, you know how you wanted to save a life? today you did. And she turned and walked away. And I was just like, I'm kind of awestruck. And I, I get goosebumps every time I tell that story. I mean, I tell that story oh. multiple times in a day. And I just remember hearing in the back of my mind, I was like, let's go find another one. Yeah. So for me, it's all about just going out and finding that uh, the next one, the person that needs to hear that message at this time, because yeah. When you're ready, you're going to hear the message that you need to hear. So well, that's yeah. it. I, I, you're just stacking goodness on top of goodness. I love mm-hmm. it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, okay. So if, so actually it, you may not believe this, but um, I'm about 50, 50 uh, male, female uh, for this show. So I like to put, I do put a lot of women on the show mm-hmm. um, because they're the ones that are actually listening to me. So uh, mm-hmm. give us, give us your spiel. How do we get a hold of you? How do, how do women get a hold of you? Uh, um, you can find me on all the social media channels. I'm on Facebook, Charlene Madden, speaker and author. Um, my workshop is called ignite your life BC, uh, cause I'm in British Columbia. So, mm-hmm. um, you can check that out. We host that workshop, um, every November, um, and Ascension wellness studio is my webpage where you can go And that's where I offer my coaching, my one-on-one coaching and group programs. So, and I always tell everybody, I like to leave, you know, go out on this note that um, I know what it felt like to um, sit alone in the dark for the longest time. And uh, we know other people are suffering, but when you hear stories, it, you connect to that. So I always like to tell people, if you are feeling alone and in the dark, reach out to me. 
I'm available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If someone is feeling like they just need someone to talk to who understands, message me on Facebook. And I may not be able to get to you in person, but I will sit in the dark with you virtually until you're ready to to rise up into that light. So I just don't want anyone to ever feel alone. So oh, you're an amazing human being. That's that's all I got to say. It's it's a, we need a world full of you. Mm. Beautiful. Um, okay, so we and and I will everybody. I will put uh, all these links in the post that you got here with. So we'll get you out there, uh, Charlene. So the question of the day, everybody knows this is coming. Uh, I gave you just a tiny bit of warning. So Uh $1 billion, you have a month to spend it. You can't have any extra money and you can't have any assets. Ready, set, go. Okay. I am a huge animal lover. Um, So um, I have like three dogs, a cat and five goats. So For me, my passion is to be able to um, help both animals and people. So I have wanted to um, support uh, a trauma therapy farm, right? So for me, it would be able to go out there and support to set up for someone to run um, a trauma therapy and just help bring animals, rescue animals and rescue people because that's what... That's what I would do. So all my money would go towards, you know, I love my animals. So, well, for sure. And that really is something that helps people is to take care of animals, be around animals, even absolutely. Goats. Yeah. Even- I know. I say they're my therapy goats. That's what they are for me. So, so. Oh, that's hilarious, man. I, you know, there's a lot of people that have goats in their front yards and sheep in their front yards to mm. mow the grass. So Yes. Interesting. Thank you so much for being on Charlene. We are. Thank you for having me. Yes, ma'am. Charlene Madden, everybody Uh, click on one of those links below. Go see her, check her out. She also wrote a book. It's uh, a name. What's the name of it again? Charlene evolution of spirit. You won't find it online, but maybe if you talk real nice, she'll sell you. You can find it on my website. You there can you find go. it on my website. So <laughs> there we go. Perfect. Uh, thank you so much, Charlene. Thank you. All right.